Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. And we're travelling to New Zealand this morning to meet the beautiful Julie Schooler for the second time. Good morning, Julie. Morning, Melinda. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, everyone. I just had to start that introduction twice because um, it's so early in the morning here and I muddled it up, so Julie's having a bit of a chuckle at my expense here. Uh, <laughs> Julie, last time we had you on, you were quite the expert on non-fiction. You knew more about the, I guess, the process of formatting non-fiction and getting it up for sale that you blew me away and I had to take an awful lot of notes. This time you're back and you've tried your hand at fiction. Uh, would you like to just share with us your your latest story, please? Yes, my latest story is called Maxi Moo Flies to the Moon. I've got a copy of it here if you see it online. Uh, um, and as you can probably tell from the title, it is not a long book. It is a short children's picture book. So uh, my attempt at fiction is 500 words. Yeah. Now, I've just, everybody, as you know, I've been running short story courses with my young students, and to write short is the hardest schooling skill in the world. Julie and I were just talking about that offline. Um, if you've got fifty or 60,000 words, People call that writing tidy in the romance writing world. Writing 500 words and and using those words to effect is one of the hardest skills to master. Now, Julie has discovered this, and that's why she's on the podcast today, to share that journey with us. And I'm guessing she's going to tell us that it wasn't easy. Um, it, it, was, it was really fun. It was really fun, but... I've written three non-fiction, written and published three non-fiction books so far, and this was harder. <laughs> and I always thought, when I read up on people saying a 500-word picture book is the hardest thing, you're right, that they're being precious. You're not being precious. It is actually harder than what you think. If you if you want to write a great book, I'm hoping that people think my book is a great book, and I wanted to put a great book out there. Yeah, and if you ever ever read um, Jackie French's Diary of a Wombat, it's very few words, but as funny as funny as funny. <laughs> and any of us who have children have read more picture books than we can count. And we go from Men Fox. Uh, there's Belinda Walker. There are thousands of them, and they are brilliant. Uh, but there's some really bad ones out there too, aren't there, Julie? Uh, you have discovered a few hiccups along the way. Um, I know from what you and I were discussing earlier that it, well, it took longer than you thought it would. So let's start with the inspiration for your story. Yeah, so I first wrote the first iteration of this book five years ago. Uh, um, and it was based it's called Maxi Moo which is a kind of a nickname my sister gave her son Max so I wrote it uh, to give to my nephew Max uh, when he turned six I think and this year he's turning 11 so it's been it's been in the pile of uh, 
you know, uh, things I kind of wanted to write for a long time. Um, and the muse visited, and I got the story out back then. Uh, but it was in in the last year I re- pretty much rewrote the entire thing once I learned um, a, a lot of things about rhythm and rhyme um, that I didn't know. But what I want to tell people is if you've got a story and the muse is visiting and you've got a great character that you you know that you you want to write something fun as a picture book, just get it down on paper. Don't worry about what people say about rhythm and rhyme and that picture books are hard and 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 that you and all that sort of stuff, please, please just let your creativity come out and and write the picture book. You can always fix it up later. Yeah. We have these wonderful set of characters here at Writer on the Road and they're called the voices in your head. And we always start (laughs) with the dreamer, then we move on to the inspirer. And that takes you through that journey uh, of, of doing the creative stuff first before you let in the combatant who's that guy who controls you and makes you do it right and get all the grammar and all that kind of stuff. We'll be releasing that shortly for adults, everyone, uh, the voices Mm. in your head. And, Julie, this is why it's so exciting to have you on today because there is that process, isn't there? You have to be the creative um, first before you let in the critic. Yes, that's right. And once you – I mean, it was really awesome getting the creativity down and – and I and I and I the char- I knew there was a story there. I knew the character was good, which is if you if you're writing any fiction, if you've got a character and a story, then you can bash words together after that. Um, with a picture book, then I had to read up on rhythm and rhyme, and I've got a background in accounting, uh, and I ended up using a spreadsheet. So I used an Excel spreadsheet, and I was doing heavy light stresses everyone knows anything about meter and um, putting every single word into a, a different cell in the spreadsheet and and so that's the kind of thrashing I did to the story in the last year yeah now everyone if you go back and listen to Julie's last podcast you will understand that Julie has this amazingly practical brain <laughs> uh, now I have none of those practical bits in me and to write a story on a spreadsheet <laughs> is just beyond me uh, but one of the things writing short every word has to count doesn't it mm, mm, yes and even though I've got a practical brain I, I, I wanted the book to be I just, I just really wanted the book to be as as great as I could make it with my writing, you know, and and I wanted it to be beautiful and and you know just put something really beautiful out into the world. So um, the um, the practicality helped with that. Yeah. Now, beauty. This is a beautiful book for those of you who are listening on audio. It's got some great colours in it. Now, that's another story, isn't it? The uh, illustrations <laughs> and the formatting. You had. You were sacked by your illustrator? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. So my creativity only extends to writing. I cannot draw. Uh, my five-year-old can draw better than me. So uh, I um, went on to Upwork, uh, which is a freelance contractor website, and that's where I found my editor for my um, nonfiction books. And I put a an ad in that I wanted an illustrator and – uh, offered to pay about five hundred dollars US, around about, which I, which, which, by all accounts, is is quite a low amount. I I thought, um, professional illustrators for major children's book publishers get paid about ten times that. So I thought I was paying, offering to pay quite a low amount of money, um, for fifteen illustrations. 
And within three days, I had 100 applicants from around the world. So I had to actually shut the job off because it was too overwhelming. And I had applicants from every nation and culture you can possibly think of, anywhere from Bangladesh to Portugal to Ecuador to um, Qatar. It was amazing. And, And I read through them all and I looked at some of their pictures and things like that. And I narrowed it down to a top five. And then... And then I chose a, a guy that um, is a British guy, but he lives in Georgia, Russia. And I ended up Skyping this person in Georgia, Russia and giving him the job. And then when he actually produced a few more illustrations, I'd realized it just wasn't the Maxi Moo character that I, I wanted. Um, the faces just didn't look right. And, and then I said, oh, I just don't know if we can continue with this. And then, and the next thing I know, he closed the job on me and basically fired me. <laughs> I love it. I think that's the best. I love it. I think that there should be more of it. <laughs> if everybody so, fired yeah. us more often, we'd be a far better off, I think. <laughs> so that was actually quite a relief. And the second person I chose obviously was actually probably the best person. That, um, I'm just delighted with everything she's drawn. And um, and she's a, she's a Spanish lady, but she actually lives in Auckland where I live. And we actually met up in person. So that was yeah, that, it was really cool to meet her in person, and um, and yeah, I was just like, she's brilliant. She just she just nailed it. Yeah, and do you think there'll be any more Maxi Moo? I'm picturing Maxi Moo goes to the circus. Oh, that's a good one. I was thinking some sort of undersea, undersea, underwater one. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I would love to write more picture books, but uh, the cost in producing them and the time and getting them out. Um, it's on the back burner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you had to have an estimate of time, what what would you say? Uh, it, oh goodness. It it depends. I mean, you can rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, and that's for everything. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's a few weeks to get the words right, and then you're looking at a you know, a, say a month or two to get the illustrations. Um, what? And, but then I had a big break. Um, because so there's three steps you write you you find the illustrations but my illustrator couldn't put the book together for me it's not wasn't one of her skill sets if you find the right illustrator sometimes they can put the book together for you but I thought I'll do it myself that's the third step and you've got to still put the pictures and the words together and then I realized I'd be putting it together in word which is the only program I know, and it probably wouldn't look that good, or I'd have to buy Photoshop or InDesign and learn how to use it and put it together. So I was like, uh, no, this seems too hard. So I spent more money on a formatted designer, and he just did the most brilliant job. That was Doug at Lighthouse 24, and highly recommend him. Um, the reason I know anything at all about writing a self-published children's book is because of Karen Inglis who has blogged about it and and um, she recommended Doug so um, yeah really good recommendation um, he he just had so much knowledge so much depth of knowledge and and told me things that I wouldn't have had any idea about so, and my book is only is only good because of him and my illustrator so um yeah, lots of things about RGB and CMYK and colour color depth and things that I had no idea about. Yeah. Now, the photographers amongst us will know those. Um, 
printing is only as good as the colours that you use. I, I did some course, some photography course, and learned all about um, those things, RGBs and CMYKs, um, and I got to be 50, <coughs> excuse me, 50-something and never knew a thing about them. So it is a learning curve, doesn't matter what we do, but that's one of the joys of indie publishing. Uh, and since you've started right from your first non-fiction book, um, your easy-peasy potty training books, right <laughs> through to Maxie Moo Goes to the Moon, your learning curve has been huge. Yes, and I always tell people this is this is like a passion project and it was fun, but it was really frustrating. But I grew as a person, I grew as a writer, and that's all you can hope for. Like you know, um, and I got I've got a product that's beautiful and it's out in the world. So in the end, you know, I always think the best things in life you have to work the hardest for. You know, you have children; it's really hard, but it's one of the best things you do. So. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking. We were talking earlier about uh, write, how writing isn't easy. Doesn't matter what genre you use. Doesn't matter um, how you go about it. If you're serious about it, and hopefully we all are with our indie businesses, we we put in the hard yards. And like you said, it's like having kids. After you've had them, you forget all the pain, and you just love love the glory of it. Um, <laughs> it's doing the work that's the pain. Yeah. Now it's out in the world. I'm like. Oh, that wasn't so bad. I think I'll do another one. <laughs> and I forgot about the months of like, oh, you know, like uh, I I did a paperback version in Create Space, but I also decided that I wanted to do a hardback version. Um, but Create Space doesn't do hardback print on demand, so I had to do hardback through Ingram Spark. And I had months of trying to work out the tax forms in Ingram Spark. Also, I found out that Ingram Spark has a lower color density than create space so the book came out slightly differently although it still looks nice um and so i just like everything's just so much learning but i love it yeah and everyone um ingram spark and create space when you put your books up on those two guys if you go through ingram sparks it always says on amazon it's you've got to wait an extra day for shipping and pre me ever uh, doing anything about buying uh, writing books when I used to just buy books if I saw a book on Amazon that it said I had to wait an extra day I just didn't, never used to buy it I thought oh, no, I can't wait an extra day I want it now um, and now I realize that's um, how Ingram Spark go through Amazon uh, so I wonder how many people out there are going oh if I've got to wait an extra day I don't want it because that's what I always did <laughs> now I'm thinking I'm shooting myself in the foot uh, but when it comes to pricing um, especially with Ingram Spark what kind of price did you have to put it up at to to be especially with the exchange rate and everything like that so that your book wasn't in negative negative value yes, when you sold it yes. that was that's another one that drives me insane my book is always going backwards <laughs> yeah so Ingram Spark there was another learning in Ingram Spark I was trying to work out um because you have to provide some sort of discount amount and and you have to say whether the book is returnable. So I did the defaults and then I was just making negative money, even if my book was priced reasonably. And so I had to read up on that and basically I've made it um, not returnable and the lowest discount I can make it. Um, and so that means it's very unlikely that Ingram Spark will supply it into a bookstore or anything, but that's fine. I just really wanted it to be sold on Amazon anyway uh so i did it at 30 or 35 percent which is the lowest i can do and 
and not returnable. And then, so the hardcover is at fourteen ninety nine, and I make a couple of bucks on that. So yeah, that's that, your, that's all US. That's US, and then the equivalent from there. So. Yeah, and that and that's where I fell in the hole, everybody. I didn't do any reading up. I just pressed buttons, and you're right. I sell a book, and I come back, and it's Ingram Park says, I owe it $2. And I go, well, that wasn't pretty much <laughs> <laughs> So, look, you have, to, you have to stay on the ball because we hear about books for $0.99 cents all the time and free and $2.99 and $3.99, which is all very good and all very exciting. But if you want a beautiful product, then people still have to pay even for you to make a couple of dollars, and that's as an indie publisher. Yes, yes, and and you can you can make slightly lower prices on the Kindle, but for um, this is another thing I learned. So I've made a Kindle, a paperback, and a hardback version, but for the Kindle, it is a lower price. It's, I think I've put it at four ninety nine at the moment, um, but you can't even have it really low. Um, sometimes when people produce it, mine I can it seems that I can reduce it to ninety nine cents, but some people can't reduce it that low because. Um, Amazon charge you for like a, a megabyte kind of data um, cost and those colour pictures add up. So these are just things that people, if they're ever wanting to be interested in that sort of stuff, have to realise. You know, it's a small book, you know, it's, you know, 40 pages. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there is, I noticed uh, on uh, Joe Friedlander, I noticed he's got templates coming out now for picture books and poetry books. I saw that this morning uh, and I thought once upon a time he just had um, templates for fiction and non-fiction. So all these other things are coming into play now and people are wanting to try different things and indie publishers are getting more into different different kinds of um, writing and printing and it's exciting that we can do all these things but as you said, you can't do anything without making yourself informed or hiring someone to do it for you. No. Um, you either learn and save money or you spend. And, um, yeah, so you either save time or save money, but you can't do both. <laughs> yeah. So what have you got um, now? You've got, you've got a couple of easy-peasy potty training books. You've got your children's picture book which is absolutely beautiful uh what what direction you've got your cherish mama website you yeah. must be taking over the world over there <laughs> yes um i still tell people i'm throwing spaghetti at a wall at the moment so um slowly working my brand out and all that kind of stuff but i'm hoping i'm going to sit in like a parenting personal development brand so i've got the easy peasy uh potty training easy peasy healthy eating helping parents um in those in those areas, I'm hoping to write a third easy peasy, and and now I'm writing a nourish your soul series, a loose series of books. So I've written crappy to happy, which is uh, uh, personal development for busy mums, um, helping mums feel happier on a day to day basis through meditation, and gratitude, and and lots of other tips and tools, and. And I've got Maxi Moo, and I've just sent my fourth book for grown-ups off to the editor this week, which is on bucket lists. Um, so it seems like there's not a cohesive brand or look, but um, I'm just I'm just writing books that I want to read. So at the moment, and I'm hoping other people want to read. I um, last year, I think last time we talked, I was I I did I did forty things on my bucket list last year to celebrate my. Um, 40th birthday, so I thought, well, I kind of know something about bucket lists. I'll, I'll write a book on it. 
So you and what's it called? I've, I've, I was, I'm still writing down happy to crappy, thinking I think I've got that back to front. <laughs> <laughs> what did people say? Happy to crappy. <laughs> Probably want to go the other way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crappy to happy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that's you've got two books out in happy to crap, oh, crappy to happy. Uh, just crappy to happy is um, the first oh. book of the nourish your soul that's uh, right. series. Yeah. And in, and then the bucket list book will be the second book. So if anyone's got a really good uh, title idea for my bucket list book, please uh, message me because I don't know. I'll have bucket list in the title, but um, I write whole books and I don't think of the title until towards the end yeah now this is really exciting everyone and I find this every time I talk to Julie she's so unassuming and so shy but what you've actually got is an indie publishing business that is well and truly uh, established you talk about your brand your parenting personal development they're things everyone that we have to think about Uh, Julie is is shy in saying that it it seems like she's all over the place with a bucket of spaghetti or whatever it was against a wall. Throwing spaghetti in the wall. <laughs> but really, in that parenting niche, um, I remember when my kids were little, everything that you're doing is is around that mum who does feel slightly crazy, does feel slightly insane. I think of the Gwen Harwood poem I quote to my daughter's um, all the time there she's sitting it's called in the park and you're sitting on the chair there and the children are sucking your soul uh, as you watch the swing go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and you think there's got to be more to life than this so I think that um, ha- crappy to happy I'm going to, ch- I'm going to change my note everybody so I get it around the right road um, <laughs> crappy to happy I'm guessing there'd be a lot of women out there who who are looking for something to say well how we're feeling is actually okay we all go through it and we love our children dearly and we love watching them squeal with joy on the swing um but we're sick of wiping the smudgy scotch finger biscuit out of their noses yeah yeah i as i say i just write the books that i i need and um if i can help other mums not yell at their children as much as i do and um not reach for the pinot every night then um you know, to find other ways to feel good. And every mum is doing such a fantastic job, you know. You know, to actually just stop and and bask and and look at their children and just in wonderment and, and just pat themselves on the back, you know. Yeah. yeah. Every parent every parent needs a medal. Daddies too, okay? Yes. Yeah. Daddies. Don't forget the daddies while they're still around. <laughs> talk about them. Oh, I'm so cynical. I apologise, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Now, when we started our interview today, we were talking about making stuff up from non-fiction to fiction author, but your strength really lies in your non-fiction. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about why you're so confident with writing non-fiction and, and things about length and what you found works for you? Yeah, so non-fiction, I think, you can, I think people really respond to shorter books than non-fiction. So my books are around 100 pages, um, so should be able to be read in a couple of hours, and and I can just put my voice in there. Uh, fiction, um, I I did Nano Rimo National Novel Writing Month last um, last year it was one of my bucket list items, and and you know you have to find the voice of the character. You have to have a story arc and you know a character arc and a, and a plot and a story and and. And people kind of expect fiction to be a bit longer. So uh, I 
I, th- I really think write write what is easiest at first. You know, write what you can write at first. And, it, and if fiction is really calling to you, write fiction. And I really would like to write a lot more fiction. Um, but at the moment, um, uh, the topics that are interesting are, are non-fiction. Yeah, and and I've got a friend at the moment, everyone, who we're working together for her to write her non-fiction book. And one of the problems we're having is that she's got so much happening in her world. Um, Maura Gamble does uh, permaculture, and she's quite a big name in the permaculture world. And trying mm. to pull all her knowledges into 100 pages is quite beyond her. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, well, she should write five books just on different areas. Yeah, know? and that and we've decided that that's the trick because there is so much to do and mm. people don't want the big long books anymore. No. Um, but there is this perception out there that short books are easy, they're an easy read and they're a waste of money because they're fluff and um, – no substance uh, but it's not so true anymore is it you go into and you look at the Wiley books in the business section at Dimmicks and they're not long books they're they're set out there's a lot of white space uh, but even as I pick them up I've got time to read the shorter books I haven't got time to wade my through way through an academic tomb anymore yeah exactly like uh, who picks up big heavy books anymore like uh, yeah I, I, I always market my books they're just absolutely jam-packed like you, you, there's no wasted um, page. You you pick them up and you just get something off every page. So um, you get a hundred things out of hundred pages is better than you know five things out of two hundred pages. So yeah, I'm thinking of um, tombs. I'm thinking of Tools for Titans by um, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, Everyone's... that was the one I was thinking. <laughs> of. And I really want to read that book, but it's just a little bit. Um, imposing (laughs) i have it on my bedside table everybody and it's one of those books that's written in very short sections and you can just read a section so if you want a bit of inspiration you pick it up and you read a section everybody we all need tools for titans on our bedside table and especially if we're in the indie publishing business uh because there's some of these guys have have gone before us and they're very very good um but i I still think that you're branding and i still think um how you're niching down into that um parenting market is what we should all do as indie authors we should know our market right from the outset do you think i think just right i uh, sorry i disagree i i just think it is right um throw spaghetti at a wall and i think you i'm really hoping because i haven't quite figured out my exact niche and focus um that um it, it's just better i i two years ago i had nothing and now, officially, with the ebooks and the print books and everything, I have nine assets. So I think it's better that I've got something out in the world, and the brand and and you know all those sort of extras will will, will kind of follow and consolidate from that. So I kind of like this this concept of having nine assets. And yes, some of them are not producing as much cash flow as I'd like cash, uh, but um, but I've got the opportunity to always make more out of them. Um, once I've, you know, increased my mailing list or whatever else I need to do. Don't get caught up in all those sort of marketing things and your brand and everything like that. Just write. There you go. You've heard it here. And Julie <laughs> disagreed with me and I didn't hit the red button to say, stop, how, how wonderful is that? 
Uh, we talk about assets, and I know that's a big thing with Joanna Penn. That's a group that we're in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look at creating a long-term plan. We look at having a basket of eggs, if you like, and one one book, as you said, can turn into three a- assets or four in your mm-hmm. case because you've got the uh, hardback, the print, the e-book, and then we've got the option for audio. Then you've got mm-hmm. international rights. It's something as indie authors that, um, is very, very exciting that we can increase our assets um, or our products, however we like to to call them, because we add to it every time we produce something new. Uh, I'm guessing your long term, I'm guessing you'll have a five-year plan and it'll be on a spreadsheet somewhere because you're good <laughs> at that stuff. <laughs> uh, do, you have, do you have some goals that you want to hit? Um, my goals, I've just got the goals this year, and my goals this year were to write three uh, to, to release the Maxi Moo book and to write write three non-fiction books. And so I've written two so far, and I I will write the third one this year. I'm hoping to get it out this year as well. Um, still got, what, three months? Yeah. Yeah, I can write a book in six weeks, So um, and then it takes probably another six weeks to, to edit and, and publish it. But, um, yes, it, the third book might end up coming out in January, but the third book's probably going to be on decluttering, and I thought after Christmas might be a good time to actually release it anyway. So, Decluttering, throw out your husband and kids. It's the only <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it's interesting that goal setting thing um, and I want to finish off with your bucket list uh, and your bucket list book because uh, decluttering is is a huge topic at the moment as I look around my study I just close my eyes and pretend it's not happening and step <laughs> over everything uh, and having time to declutter uh, is, is a really interesting concept I've got a business book and it talks about getting yourself organised and, and having a workflow that requires that you do declutter and you deal with your mail all the time and you deal with your research and you deal with the books on the floor and you make sure that you have um, pared down your systems. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the same with decluttering as well. Uh, When it comes to being organised or being organised, there are some tricks to it, aren't there? Yes, yes. And I I don't know what you're like when you're writing a book, but whenever you're writing a book, the next book keeps coming in, you know, the ideas keep coming in. And, um, and so I'm just every every decluttering idea that keeps poking in when I was writing the bucket list book gets written down. And, uh, and, and I've I've read, you know, the condo, Marie, Marie Kondo, life changing magic of tidying up. And there was some good bits in that book but it gave me more questions than answers so again I'm going to write the book that I want to read like the a, a much more practical guide um short and not just tidying up your house but probably tidying up you know organizing your lists and your systems and stuff like that too so yeah I think I think systems do um do have a lot to do with it. I was going to say does have a lot to do with it. You can tell I'm an English teacher. Um, yeah, systems do have a lot to do with it uh, because we do have such information overload nowadays and, and I'm finding that more and more people are writing about that information load, uh, talking about uh, deep work and shutting all, the, shutting all the noise out because there's just too much out there now. Yes, exactly. And, and go back to your earlier question, you know, have I got a five-year plan? No, because everything changes all the time. And and you and also to in, get anything done these days, you've just got to focus on one or two things that are in front of you. Otherwise, you, you you're not going to get 
you know, the big picture done. You've just got to get through the next few things and focus on the next few things. The only way I can write a book is to sit down, write it, and then move on to the next thing. And if any ideas, like the next book's ideas are coming through, I just write them down and they're down somewhere. So just keep focusing. Yeah, and I think I think that's really really true. I'm a, I'm a wonderful ideas person, and as you all know, I have yeah. a wonderful idea every day of the yeah. week. Uh, but it's funny the ones that matter actually come down to land, and they're the ones that happen. And I wake up every morning and I go, okay, what is going to move me forward today? And usually it's oh, my God, what's going to make me money today? And that is a really good way of focusing too. Yes. This will be the single thing that will get me closest to becoming independently financial so that I can sit here and write my romance novels all day. And it's funny, that's they tend to be the most important jobs as well, don't they? Yes, exactly. And it's a little bit cynical to say, oh, is this going to make me money? And 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 I think you have to balance that with, with, with doing also doing the things you love. So I knew getting a picture book out uh, wasn't necessarily going to give me a return on investment, but it's given me a huge creative boost. And, and you know, I, lo- I, I found it frustrating, but I also loved it. Um, and um, so, yes, also making money is very important. So it, it is – everyone has to balance – balance the two it's really hard Mm. I love that I love that expression creative boost I think um if we don't fill our creative jugs and and think about it that way we do tend to burn out a whole lot more quickly don't we yes exactly you can yeah it's a business but it's a creative business so yeah, and I think um, I was talking to Julie earlier about Dan Blank, everyone. He's got a wonderful book out mm. called Be the Gateway, uh, and it's well worth a read if you if you want to um, get your head around that creativity. It, it's an excellent book. Uh, now, and I that actually did I did interview Dan Blank, everybody, for the podcast, but I forgot to turn the um, recorder on for the first two, 10 minutes, and now I'm a bit embarrassed to put it up starting at halfway through. <laughs> And I'm, I'm waiting. I'm too embarrassed to even tell him. Uh, you know that interview we did? I lost the first 10 minutes of it, but never mind. Um, but Joanna Penn has a wonderful professional interview with him. Yes, <laughs> that if you that one. He's, re- he's a really interesting guy. He sounds really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm starting a mastermind course with him. I was telling you earlier, Julie, um, starting a mastermind course with him in October. So I'll be able to give you some more tidbits, everybody. But what I want to finish with, Julie, because mm. I know I've taken up your time now, I really want to know about what's going to be in your bucket list and how do we make one for ourselves? What, well, how do you make a whole book out of a bucket list? Yes, exactly. I mean, anyone can just sit down. And write a list, write a bucket list. So who am I to actually write a whole book about telling you how to do it? But uh, people have to have the right mindset to write a bucket list. And so my book is, 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 is really kind of amping people up to feel excited about writing a bucket list um, and to not think that it's related to getting a terminal diagnosis or anything. Write a bucket list today. Do it while you're alive and well. Um, and write a bucket list on anything you want to do, see, have, meet, Um Anything, and it doesn't have to be like exotic travel all over the world. Um, some of the things on my bucket list last year were grow sunflowers or learn to juggle. So those are free and in my backyard. Um, so just just live. I just I just want people to you know seize the day a bit more, like not defer life until retirement or nearly death. I just got sidetracked by learning to juggle. Can you juggle? I can juggle better than I 
could a year ago. <laughs> uh, now, it's interesting. We talk about bucket lists and I watched Julie go through her bucket list, everyone, and she was jumping out of aeroplanes attached yeah. to um, parachutes, hopefully, and doing all these <laughs> wonderful things. Uh, but I think the key would be giving yourself permission to do those things. Yes, yes, exactly. A lot of it, it's, it's just mindset, you know. You, uh, yeah, yeah. I and, and facing fears and overcoming challenges, but these are the sort of things I want my children to learn too. So um, it was good for them to, to see me do, you know, some of these wacky endeavours and, and my husband is um, very tolerant. Yeah, and I think that brings us very nicely to the end of Rudder on the Road for this week, everybody, giving ourselves permission to write what we want. As Julie um, mentioned, uh, just do it, just get it out there, let the creative juices flow, be inspired, get your dreamer happening before you let your critical brain come in and tell you that you can't do all these things and uh, it's all too hard. Uh, Just doing it has gotten Julie to where she is at the moment, which is really, really exciting. Uh, You've got lots of things happening, which is even more exciting. Uh, I look forward to your bucket list book, not so much the decluttering book because it sounds like hard work, (laughs) Uh, but never mind on that one. Uh, Where can we find you? Uh, Just check out my website at cherishmama.com. Yeah, and have a look at that beautiful Maxi Moo flies to the moon. Wait for Maxi Moo to go to the circus. Hopefully you will continue with the series. Once you start getting some feedback from the kids, they're actually going to demand more Maxi Moo books uh, because mm-hmm. that's how kids operate. They, they're they not interested in one book. They want five of them. Um, think of Spot. We used to have to have all the Spot stories scattered around us. Yeah, Harry McClary. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely in- yeah, it's definitely there. It's definitely, I'll, I'll um, let the create, creative muse come back in sometime. That was All a perfect right. summary before. Thank you. <laughs> all right, and we will certainly talk to Julie again because I love talking to you all the way over there in New Zealand. Uh, and we will look at that bucket list with anticipation and hopefully my bucket list will be – what's on my bucket list? My bucket list is to – Stay at home full time and give up that teaching thing. Mm. Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen, everyone. It's on the bucket list, I promise, <laughs> and it better be in your book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it's thanks from uh, the beautiful Julie Schooler from downtown New Zealand and Cherish Me Mama or Cherish Mama Me. What is it? Cherish what? Just Cherish Mama. Just Cherish Mama. And that's bye from us at Right Around the Road. Mm.